Well, good morning. Good to see everybody here. Today is a, uh, a special day for Kate and I. Today is our sixth anniversary. Six very short years, it seems like. Um, it was nice. Last night, the, uh, the girls got in bed with us. Uh, sometime in the middle of the night, I was sleeping. But I, I do like when the girls... When I wake up and the girls are in bed with us, I, I just, it, it's a reminder of my family and um, I just love having them there. Uh, this morning we woke up in a, um, a pool of pee. It's kind of God's way of saying happy anniversary and reminding us of what he's blessed us with over these six years. Um, but uh, it is our six year. We'll be taking up a love offering later for our uh, anniversary meal. So keep that in mind. Um, we've been, I know the church has been praying for Kate and her job. She just started this past week, um, and uh, she already took a day off. Uh, but uh, she seems to really enjoy the school. I, I went by. It's a beautiful school. Looks like a huge mall. Um, looks brand new. Uh, so she seems to uh, be enjoying it. So we appreciate all the prayers. Um, I'm feeling refreshed because I've been on break all week. So uh, it's been a good week. And we want to welcome uh, the Nashes. Uh, they, they are some of our closest friends, uh, not in location, but in heart. Um, we, we love them dearly. And, and uh, I feel like we're seeing you all quite a bit out here. I know, right? Have you thought about moving your letter? Maybe we can. I'm in, Ben. You're it? Buddy's in. Um, so uh, it, it's going to be a good morning. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 20 uh, this morning. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and once you found it, if, uh, if you're physically able, we'd ask for you to stand for the reading of God's word. We'll be starting in verse 19. John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. The word of God says, Then the same day at evening, um, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And he had said this, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and my, hand, my finger into the print of his nails, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, 
and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for bringing us back together into your house. Lord, uh, we come here to worship you. I just pray that uh, you will open your word to us. Lord, allow me to be your mouthpiece. Don't let these be my words. Let them be yours. Lord, I pray that you will allow us to feel your spirit. Speak to us today as your servants are listening. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I have exhausted that tissue box. So I have to add one here. All right. So this morning, um, I would like for us to examine the importance of being connected to a local church body. Okay, that, that, that's, that's what I want us to talk about today. Now, in the scripture leading up to this, Jesus has been crucified. He's been crucified and he has risen. Now, he told the disciples not to scatter about, but to stay in Jerusalem because he would return. So they're hiding out in Jerusalem together, and they're locked away in what we, we call the upper room. They're locked the doors. They're afraid because they saw what the Jews just did to Jesus, and they're afraid the same could happen to them. Remember, the Jews wanted to, to take out anybody that was associated with Jesus. Even Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead, when he came in to Jerusalem with Jesus, they wanted him dead as well. The, they said, we're going to take out, which doesn't make any sense. If, if, you just, if you knew Jesus raised him from the dead, what good is killing him when you know Jesus can just do it again? But they're trying to take out everybody that was associated with Jesus. So while they were in this upper room with the doors locked, Jesus appears to them. On the first day of the week, which was Sunday. What day? Sunday. We're we're all on the same page. His body was so real they could touch it. They could hug him. He even ate fish with them. Okay, he didn't walk through the door. He appeared in the flesh. Now the Bible says that Jesus breathes on them and then tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. Is that confusing to anybody? It should be. Because we find in uh, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, that's when everybody's supposed to receive the Holy Spirit. But here we hear, hear Jesus breathing on them and then saying, receive the Holy Spirit. So when do the disciples truly receive the Holy Spirit? I'm asking you because I don't know. I've talked to several people who could not figure it out either. We read commentaries, could not uh, discover it. Um, so, like I told you last week, I don't pretend to know everything, right? Anybody that, 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 that says they know 100%, it's just not true, okay? I don't know. Uh, people that I trust that I know read up and are studied up, uh, they didn't know. Commentaries I read didn't know. Um, you can make 
uh, inferences, but we really don't know. I have a hard time believing that they received it here because in just a few verses later, they go fishing. I would think if they received the Holy Spirit, they would want to go out and share the gospel, but they went fishing instead. So, um, now there was only 10 of them in the room. Remember, there were 12 disciples, but Thomas wasn't there, and we know Judas is no longer with them. So there were only 10 disciples there. Where was Thomas? Why wasn't Thomas there on Sunday in the upper room with the other disciples? The Bible doesn't tell us. We can take some guesses. Maybe he had a rough week, and he just couldn't pull himself out of bed that Sunday. Maybe he felt offended by something Peter had preached the previous week. Maybe Bartholomew said something about his sandals, and now he was offended and doesn't want to be in the same room as Bartholomew. Maybe the Galatian giants are playing the Corinthian cowboys, and he just doesn't want to miss the game. A lot of reasons that Thomas could have decided not to show up that Sunday. So the first, that, that's going to lead us into our first point. The reason you need to be in church is because you need to be in relationship with other witnesses. No matter how good you think you might be, you are never going to be your best. You're never going to reach your full potential alone. You can't be your best by yourself, right? You need to be associated with other witnesses, with other believers, if you're going to meet the full potential that God has for you. Look at what it says in verse 24 and 25. It says, And Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. The, Thomas was not there. So this would imply that they went and found Thomas. They went and found him. Brothers and sisters, one of the biggest reasons you need to be in church is because you need to be part of a body of believers that loves and cares about you and what's going on in your life. You need to be with people that care and love you so much that they pray for your friends and family that they've never even met. Because they know what's going on in their lives is affecting you. That's what true believers and true witnesses and true brothers and sisters in Christ will do for one another. Whatever is affecting you, whether it affects them or not, they pray for you because they care about you. Here's another reason you need to be around other witnesses. Look at verse 26. It says, And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Now you need to remember that the Jewish calendar is what they call an inclusive calendar. That's why when we hear that Jesus died on Friday and rose again on Sunday, it was three days. Because we include Friday. Some people say, oh, that's only two days. Not in the Jewish calendar, it's inclusive. So we include Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay? So if the last time they saw Jesus was on a Sunday, and we're dealing with an inclusive calendar, you have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Eight days is Sunday again. So we're back to Sunday. 
I got a question for you. Why did Jesus wait until the following Sunday to reveal himself to Peter? I'm sorry, Thomas. Why not go out and find Thomas on Monday? You knew he wasn't there Sunday. Why not stop by his house on Tuesday? Why not wake him up Thursday out of a dead sleep and say, Thomas, look at my hands. Go ahead and feel them. Why not do that? Could it be that Jesus wanted Thomas to realize that he needs to be around other believers in order to see healed hands? There are people in every church that need to see the healing power of God so they can recognize and believe God is still at work. Does anybody in here have some healed hands? Does anybody in here have some scars that healed up because of Jesus in your life? Does anybody have some emotional scars, emotional baggage that you would still be carrying around with you if it wasn't for the love of Jesus? People in church need to see that in us. They need to see the scars that we carry around. They need to see the healing power of Jesus in our lives. Because you have people that doubt. Just like Thomas. You need to be in church so that you can be in relationship with other witnesses. Second point. The second reason you need to be in church is because you need to know what your responsibility is. You need to know what your responsibility is. Look at verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As my father has sent me, I also send you. He's saying, my father sent me here, but now it's your turn. I'm sending you. It's time for me to pass off the baton to you to go spread the good news, to spread the gospel. But then he tells them, don't worry. Imagine how scared they must have been. They just saw what happened to Jesus, right? And now he, Jesus is telling them, now you're about to go out and do the same thing. But you're not going to be with us? That had to be terrifying. So what does he say to them? He says, don't worry. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been talking to somebody about Jesus? You've been in a conversation telling them about Jesus? And you keep opening your mouth. And words just keep coming out. And then when the conversation's over, you say, where did that come from? It's, it's, it's an eerie but comforting feeling knowing that the Holy Spirit speaks through us today. It happens to me all the time, especially Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, I don't come with an outline or as prepared as, as I do on Sundays. And I'll just find myself opening my mouth and words coming out that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. It, it, it's, it's, it's an encouragement to know that the Holy Spirit is still working in us today. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a good house guest. Always brings a gift with him. Okay? So anytime you receive the Holy Spirit, when you first receive that Holy Spirit, he's bringing you a gift. I don't know how it works for everybody, but when I was first saved, and I received the Holy Spirit, he laid on my heart that he wanted me to preach. It was almost immediately. I, I went, uh, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say a full year, every day, almost every hour, I thought about preaching. I, 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 I thought about it when I was driving to work. I thought about it while I was working. 
I thought about it when I was at church. I thought about it when I would watch other preachers on TV or, or on the computer and say, I like the way he did that, or I would have done it this way. I, did it, I thought about it when I was reading my Bible. I would say, how would I go about preaching this message? And it was just laid on my heart, and God would not let go of it. He just wouldn't let it go. You know how some things come to you in a few days, they kind of pass away? This was a solid year that it was just on my heart. Finally, uh, Brother Buddy here, uh, he allowed me to, um, he was gone one Sunday and allowed me to uh, teach his uh, men's Sunday school class. And that was my first opportunity to actually prepare something and share uh, the word with people. And I was really excited. And then that led to the pastor letting me do uh, some Wednesday night classes for him, and then finally a, uh, a couples class, uh, which ended up ending leading me here. Um, but uh, if you don't know what your gift is, that's something you need to be in prayer about. You need to ask God to reveal what your gift is. Okay, You don't want to just sit on it. Um, I know Kate was telling me that there was actually an a, like a online thing that you can... You can fill out, you can take like a, it's like a quiz or something. Apparently it's 150 questions, you said. But it helps you narrow down what, and kind of guide you into what your gift might be. Maybe that's something you can put on the Facebook or, um, uh, but you should know what your gift is. And it wouldn't be good for one person to receive all the gifts. Okay? You can read in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of God. Uh, the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. But it wouldn't be good for one person to have all the gifts. Okay? You, you, would, you would be so upset if you had to come in here and I had to play the piano every Sunday. Okay? That would, it would be awful. Do you know how many of you would have had food poisoning if I had to cook the meal for uh, homecoming last week? Do you know how blessed you would be if I sang specials every week? Not everybody has all the gifts. Is very selective, the Holy Spirit is very selective with who he gives gifts to. So how does the church benefit from the Holy Spirit spreading these gifts around? See, everyone receives a spiritual gift. And that gift is meant to help strengthen and grow the kingdom of God. And your gift is supposed to work in unison with her gift. And her gift is supposed to work in unison with his gift. And as we work together as one, it becomes like a body. So if your gift, if you and your gift is the leg of the body, and you don't come to church, you're crippling the body. What good is your leg doing laying home at home on the couch? You're no good without a foot. You need to be connected with other people in the church to meet your full potential. You see how that works? God wants his church to accomplish his will. Okay? And he gives each of us a gift. And that gift is like a puzzle piece. A gift is like a puzzle piece. And when all these pieces come together, we make a beautiful picture. But when one piece is missing, if you're keeping that piece from the puzzle, that means there's an unfinished picture out there somewhere. And you're just a lonely puzzle piece. You have to be connected to the body of Christ. You have to be connected to a local church so that your gift is being used in the right way. You need to be connected with the church so that your gift is effective. 
And if not, you're wasting the gift that God gave you. And from what I can tell, that's sinful. The third reason you need to be connected to a church is that you need to receive a word from the Lord. In this passage, Jesus tells them, peace be with you three times. Why does he tell them that? He tells them that because they're terrified. They're scared. They're afraid of being killed. They're afraid of being captured and tortured. So he tells them what they need to hear. He gives them a word of what they need to hear. Peace be with you. If you tell people they need to come to church to receive the word, a word from the Lord, here's some responses you might get. Well, I listen to K-Love, and I feel like I'm receiving a word from the Lord through that music. I watch Adrian Rogers on TV all the time. I get a word from him every week. I have a prayer closet I can go into when I need to feel closer to God. I read my Bible. He can speak to me through that. Let me explain to you why this is a poor perspective for Christians to have. It's nice to go out to a restaurant sometimes, right? You get to sit down. You get somebody that waits on you. You don't have to do dishes. It's nice. You get to go out and treat yourself. But let me tell you why it's not good to eat out every night. When you go to a restaurant, they give you a menu. And when you get a menu, you can look it over and you're going to order whatever you want. Whatever you see on there that looks good to you, that's what you're going to order. The cook doesn't know you. See, he has no discernment on what, what you need. So he's just going to make whatever you want and trust that you know what it is that you need. You can go to McDonald's every day and order a Big Mac for lunch, and nobody behind the counter is going to try and stop you. Nobody's going to try and tell you, you don't need that. They're just going to make it for you. The problem with eating out is that you're always going to order what you want, and what you want is not always what you need. But when you eat at Mama's table, there is no menu. You're going to eat what Mama prepared, Right? Mama knows you didn't get vegetables the day before, so she's going to make sure you get some greens today. She knows when you need to mix in a salad. She knows when you've had too much pork, and she'll make you some chicken. She knows when you've been eating well and you deserve a treat. Mama makes sure that you eat a balanced diet. You see why you need to be in church? Because you need a healthy diet of Scripture. You need to hear Genesis, and you need to hear Revelation. You need to hear some Paul. You also need to hear a little bit of Job. You need some doctrine, but you also need some inspiration. You need a healthy diet of Scripture. But when you're getting the Word of God online or on the radio or reading the Scripture, you get to choose what you're going to hear or what you're going to read. If you don't like it, you can change the channel or you can turn the page. But when you come to Callaway Baptist Church, you're going to hear what I have prepared based on what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart. You're going to hear it because 
I'm not a station on the radio that you can just change on the dial. I'm not a page that you can turn in your Bible. I'm not a TV that you can just hit the, the mute button on. Ask Kate, she knows. And you can't leave. You could, but we're a small church and somebody would notice. I, I certainly would notice. So you might not like what I have to say. And it might make you uncomfortable. But know that it comes from a place of prayerful love. Not just love, but prayerful love. I pray over these messages. I pray over what I'm studying. I pray over what I'm reading. And I pray before I give it to you. It's coming from a place of love. You see, here's the problem when you have with, with too many churches today. They become candy shops. Too many churches become candy shops. When you, go, when you go to one, you might get a different flavor every Sunday, but it's always going to be sweet. They're always going to tell you what you want to hear. It's not good for you. You need to be in a church to receive a healthy balance of God's word. Let me ask you a question. You, you don't have to raise your hand. Have you ever been struggling with something? Praying about something? Not knowing how you're going to make it through? But you decide to push yourself and get to church that Sunday. And the pastor says exactly what you needed to hear. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever wondered who told the pastor your business? That's what God does when you start praying. The Holy Spirit starts working on a preacher's heart. And you might, you might even walk up to the pastor or, or the preacher after the service and tell him, that message was for me. I've done that before. I know how it is. You need to come to church to get a healthy diet. You, you, need to, you can't just be taking in what you want all the time. You have to hear some things that are going to be uncomfortable for you if you want to grow as a Christian. We talked about that. Uh, I don't know if I preached it here. We, Bodybuilding, with these big muscle-bound guys, they're, they're lifting all the weights. They need to push themselves out of their comfort zone if they're going to grow. If they're going to grow their muscles, they need to tear them first. And it's the same with a Christian. Sometimes we need our feelings torn if we're going to grow stronger. It's just the way God works. So you need to be in church. You need to be connected to a local church body. Because you need to be around other witnesses. You need to know what your purpose in the church is. And you need to hear a word from the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you again. Lord, uh, every time we open up your word, you speak to us. Lord, uh, we, we just, we're so grateful to be in your house, to be in a place where we can come and worship you freely without fear of, of um, consequences. Lord, I just pray that you will press on our hearts what uh, you would have us here this morning. Lord, allow us to take it with us throughout the week. Allow us to share your word with others, Lord. Place somebody before us this week and allow us to, to, to free ourselves and let the Holy Spirit speak through us so that we can help lead the lost to you. Lord, I pray that you'll go with us as we uh, go our separate ways until we can meet together back in your house. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.